Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is WSBT's Community Update on 96.1 WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Last Monday, the state of Indiana lowered the age limit for getting coronavirus vaccinations from 70 to 65. County-run sites are seeing people getting the vaccine every day. And there's hopes even more people will be able to get the coronavirus vaccine one step closer to immunity very soon. More people are able to get the vaccine in Indiana. For Sandy Dunphy with the Marshall County Health Department, being able to vaccinate people 65 and older is another step towards beating the virus. We're excited about it. We want to get as many shots in their arms as we can get. So we're excited. Marshall County Public Health nurse Lisa Letzinger says their phones ring constantly because people want to get vaccinated. She says it's great people want the vaccine, but they just don't have enough of it. You know, we want to be able to reach herd immunity as soon as possible, and that's only going to um, be that way or happen that way um, if we can get more vaccine and get more people vaccinated. Marshall County is only getting 200 doses a week, and they aren't sure they'll be receiving more from the state at this point. But St. Joseph County will be getting 1,000 additional doses, bringing total vaccinations a week from 1,500 to 2,500. The St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer says there are still a lot more people to reach in the 70 to 80 category, but those extra vaccines will help. I think that was really the rationale to say, okay, now we can um, broaden the eligibility and because there is some urgency to get people vaccinated with the emerging variants in the country. Both health departments say people on standby lists are generally 65 and older, first responders, or coronavirus site volunteers. It's not known at this point when the additional doses will arrive from the state. And if you scheduled your vaccine for a couple weeks from now and you want it sooner, both health departments say that you can reschedule or try to get on the standby list. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Also Monday, just before the state announced the expansion of eligibility, St. Joseph County Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox joined WSBT 22's First in the Morning with an update on the fight against the virus. In fact, this week we'll get an increased allotment. We'd been at a pace of about 300 doses per day, so 1,500 or so a week. Um, and we'll go to 500 doses a day at the county health department site, but then St. Joe Health System and other providers also will get increased allotments. Do we have the capacity to deliver those shots? Are there, there enough people, enough needles, et cetera? Yes, we're in, in good shape. We've had a great response from volunteers as well as our own staff um, you know, for the county site, so we're prepared to ramp up to meet that demand. And the good news is with the increased allotment of vaccines, we opened up a lot of additional appointments for this week. So middle of last week, if people were looking for appointments, they might have been pushed out until late February. As of Friday, there were a bunch of appointments available beginning tomorrow. So call 211 or get online and see if you can get Absolutely. it Absolutely. Okay. Are you seeing a little bit better coordination now between what the county government gets, I'm speaking specifically the health department, 
and the, the retail operations. We know that uh, Kroger is going online now, Walmart, et cetera. How about CVS and Walgreens? Is that starting to get to the point where we can start to see some of those pharmacies, et cetera, start to deliver those shots to the general public? Well, we now have 11 sites in the county where people can get the vaccine with Kroger and Walmart and Meyer all on board as well as the HealthLink sites. Um, but again, we find out about those when they go live online. So we don't get much forewarning around that. My understanding is that CVS and Walgreens will get into kind of the retail fixed site uh, vaccine distribution once they finish the long-term care facility rollout. And do you know how that's going? What we've been told was the first round was complete as of the end of last week, and so then they'll start the next wave coming okay. up. All right. So teachers, a couple of weeks ago I asked you uh, why teachers were not included in the essential, and you gave me a pretty telling answer. You said, I don't know. It was part of your recommendation to have the teachers uh, ultimately get some of the essential line workers shots. Uh, is there any talk right now to change this approach now that we're starting to make inroads with frontline health workers and the elderly, et cetera, to get teachers and kind of push them up to the front of the list? And you know where I'm going with this question about sure. getting kids back to school. There, there were several committees formed at, by the State Department of Health to provide input on vaccine distribution and rollout and the prioritization list. And teachers were in that prioritization list with other critical infrastructure workers. Somewhere higher than that, that changed to just the age-based uh, stratification. Looking nationally, you know, there's a big push. There's new data about kids in school and, and how safe that is. But a lot of other states have said to do this right, to do it safely, uh, we need to get have testing available and have the teachers vaccinated. Um, so I think there's probably more conversation at a national level and how that trickles down and, and impacts decisions here in the state remains to be seen. Yeah, but the reason I ask that question is, have you heard anything or are you going to push that they reopen that discussion, that now that we're making some inroads in some of those most vulnerable communities, that we can start pushing teachers in because there's, as you know, that there's a, there's a renewed push to get more kids back in school face to face with their teachers. Sure, the state's commitment has been to get down to that 60 and older and then whether there's additional priority beyond that for people with high-risk medical conditions, people in high-risk professions, you know, I think those are still open questions. But there's a rationale for doing it. It just becomes more complicated. Let's talk about the variant. That seems to be another big discussion right now. It's all Vs, virus, vaccines, and variants. Uh, the, the variant right now is, is something we've seen, uh, of course, the British variant, uh, the Brazilian, and now the South African, which seems to be the most troubling as far as the vaccines are concerned. Are you seeing, and are you as concerned as some of the other, the national health experts, that the variant is going to be as big of an impact as some are fearing? Absolutely, I think the, the variants really are the wild card on the table right now. You know, our cases are coming down, things are starting to open up more, right as we've got variants, not in our region, but we do have the UK variant in Indiana, and it's simply a matter of time. You know, we haven't been looking hard enough up till now. I think the pace of that surveillance has increased. Um, but I, I am concerned, and that's why there's a push to say, maybe we should be getting at least one dose of vaccine in more people to hedge our bets and provide some protection at least against the variants. Uh, let, let me ask you this though, when, when people are making these projections about what the variant could do, does that take into account people are wearing their masks, more people are vaccinated, et cetera? Does that in, uh, include that in that projection, or is that 
assuming that that does not happen, those protections don't happen? Usually the, the models are, are layered in certain ways so that you can project, you know, if mask compliance changes, if vaccination rates change, it will affect what the models look like. So they do try to account for all of those variables. Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox with Bob Montgomery on WSBT 22's First in the Morning. Restaurant owners in Michigan are breathing a sigh of relief this week after they were allowed to reopen for in-person dining for the first time in two months. Small restaurants like Create Bar and Grill here in Niles have slim profit margins. Owners say it's hard to make it on just carry-out orders alone, so they're pretty excited to have people coming through the doors. Welcome back. It's a simple message that means a lot to Kevin Woodman. That's nice to write. You know, we had messages up there for the customers that were doing carry out um, at the time. Um, but to actually be able to put specials up and have customers in the restaurants, nice. George's Bar and Grill has been scraping by on carry out orders alone. Without those loyal customers, you know, we probably wouldn't be here. Over at Create Bar and Grill in Niles, the situation is a little different. We've never had anybody in the restaurant for dine in. Nate Barnett opened during the pandemic and is trying to win some loyal customers of his own. The food has stood on its own. That was actually the scariest part of opening um, without the dine-in. You had to live or die on the quality of the food. The food has gone over amazingly well. It's not back to business as usual today. Michigan restaurants are limited to 25% capacity and six people per table. They'll also have to gather contact tracing information. Flexibility is something George's and Create have in common. You really have to pivot. Um, you have to see what you can do under the constraints that you're in and, and, and really just uh, looking to the future, really. I even took the boat across the lake and delivered to the sandbar. Um, customers wanted wings, we got them wings. Whatever we had to do to keep the business flowing, we did. Even though they can be open for in-person dining, owners say they'll still need to be flexible and creative. Safety restrictions will still be in place for many more weeks, which means we are not quite out of the woods yet. WSBT 22's Caitlin Conan reporting. South Bend's mayor says fixing the city streets is going to be a long process. He announced a 10-year improvement plan Tuesday to rebuild that crumbling infrastructure. Mayor James Mueller said in the city's past, the major focus has been on the city's major thoroughfares, like here along Western Avenue. But this time, they're going to focus on residential streets. Good morning. South Bend's mayor is taking on the city's crumbling infrastructure. This is a, a point of consternation with our residents. A 10-year rebuilding plan will fix streets that are literally falling apart. That work getting underway in just a matter of months. We're going to um, touch about 141 lane miles of streets in, in South Bend, so over 10% of our streets will be touched. This year, the city will spend nearly $10 million doing everything from paving to full street reconstruction. Most of the projects will be on residential streets that don't see a lot of traffic, but may not have been touched up in years. By 2023, more than $25 million will have been spent fixing the streets. We can't necessarily depend on the state or our federal levels to uh, come to our rescue. So this plan is contemplated, a three-year plan to, to do here with 
local dollars. The first three years of the plan will go towards fixing the streets most in need. The seven years after that will go towards improving overall street conditions with a price tag of more than $125 million. While local dollars are being used right now, the city is hoping for some help from the Biden administration down the road. Well, we're in conversation to figure out uh, how we can be competitive in what we hope Congress will pass a substantial infrastructure package. The city will also be issuing bonds to help pay for the projects. They're confident they'll be fully funded despite decreased tax revenue due to the pandemic. Especially if Congress keeps stepping up and keeping the keep stimulating the economy, then we should be in better shape than, than we projected last year. And the city also announced a new data system that it's going to be using to determine which roads need those repairs. It involves a rating system and will even allow you to look at the condition of your street. WSBT 22's Max Lewis reporting. The South Bend Police Department is considering an upgrade to its crime analysis system. The new technology called ShotSpotter Connect will allow police to focus on all crime across the city. It can help police by finding areas to patrol that are considered a hotspot for certain types of crime. The South Bend Police Department is always analyzing crime trends across the city, but to make it easier and more effective, they're considering new crime analysis software. It would just provide better service to the South Bend community because this technology pulls from our report writing system and it updates several times a day. ShotSpotter Connect uses historic crime data and other factors to create an algorithm showing risk areas in the city. It's a tool that can predictively police uh, and do it unbiased unbiased predictive policing. The risk areas are coded for different types of crime, from shootings to nonviolent offenses like car break-ins. It will allow supervisors to assign when and where officers should patrol. Well, I don't have enough crime analysts to focus on all the different crimes within the city, like quality of life issues, so Connect does that. The proposed software would also include an additional mile of gunshot detection, covering five square miles in South Bend. It would cost $70,000 per year with money coming from the police department's budget. Council member Troy Warner says he's in favor of the new software to help police become more proactive. If you look at the cost uh, per what we spend in the city, $70,000 on software, it's really a small cost for a, a piece of software um, when you're talking about having uh, you know, hundreds of officers being able to use this software. He says the software also provides transparency, being able to track officers to find out where they're going and how they're responding to the data, something Captain Dan Skibbins echoes. It's something we're very interested in and hopeful that we can get uh, for the 2021 year. And now to get the software, the city's Common Council will have to approve the budget and appropriations for the future. Captain Skibbins hopes to have that happen by the end of this month. WSBT 22's Lauren Becker reporting. Add another title to former South Bend mayor and presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg's resume. The U.S. Senate Tuesday confirmed his appointment as Secretary of Transportation in the Biden administration. Among his challenges in the job will be to help rebuild crumbling infrastructure across the country and help the president fight climate change. Buttigieg told senators at his confirmation hearing that job creation, dealing with the climate crisis, and improving racial and economic equality will help determine funding priorities during his tenure. The views expressed on WSBT's community update are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us again next week on Community Update on the Sports Leader, 961.
WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 